It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. As leaders, we know it's incumbent upon us to understand the values and needs of those we wish to lead. We'll look at that in our Thought of the Day. And in our interview segment, renowned sales authority Jeff Shore teaches us how to think like a buyer. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. So often when we hear someone talk about getting inside someone's head, it's meant as a way to manipulate and control that person. Athletes use this phrase a lot. They know that if they can get inside their opponent's head, have them bothered, confused, intimidated, etc., they can throw them off their game and make them far less effective. I used to love the television show The Mentalist and how the main character, Patrick Jane, would get inside his suspects' heads in order to get them to involuntarily give themselves away. Come to think of it, Lieutenant Columbo, via his, oh, just one more thing, used to do the same to his suspects. But in his excellent leadership book, Taking People With You, The Only Way to Make Big Things Happen, former Yum! Brands chair and CEO David Novak approaches this totally differently and benevolently. He believes that only by getting into the heads of those you want to take with you can you understand their needs and desires. And when thinking about it, not only is it true, it's perhaps the only way one can effectively and sustainably lead and influence others. When he says, get inside their head, he means determining what it is they desire and how doing what you're asking them to do fits into and aligns with their values. This goes right back to Dale Carnegie's admonition in his classic How to Win Friends and Influence People that people do things for their reasons not our reasons. If you want to influence and lead and bring out the best in the individuals on your team or anyone else you must influence in the process of accomplishing your goal or mission, you'll need to focus on how it affects them. One important point Mr. Novak brought up is also being interested enough to learn what fears they might have that could possibly keep them from buying into your ideas. So yes, when done with a true sense of caring about the other person, Getting inside their head can be one of the most benevolent and effective methods of bringing people along with you and helping them realize their great potential. Up next, we'll learn from a true master that in sales, it's very much the same. In order to sell effectively, we need to understand our prospective customer or client. Or, as the legendary Jeff Shore tells us, we must understand the buyer's mind. Jeff Shore, coming up right after this. Let me ask you, would you like to become objection-proof? Would you like to close sales gentler, easier, and more effectively than ever before? Would you like to never again have to discount your prices? Would you like to learn the one thing that motivates every human being to action and the only reason why people ultimately buy? Do you want to more effectively than ever before communicate the exceptional value that you provide to your customers and clients? If you answered yes to these questions, then what you want is to learn how to sell the go-giver way. If you'd like to dramatically increase your ability to influence and sell, 
then check out my one-hour audio program, Selling the Go-Giver Way. For more information, click the link in the show notes. Jeff Shore, a former mega-successful sales professional, is a longtime icon in the field of sales training and sales leadership. He's repeatedly ranked by Rise.com as the number one sales guru in the U.S. His blog was ranked the most influential in the country in 2015 by ICIT.com. Jeff is a fellow of the National Speakers Association's exclusive Million Dollar Roundtable. He's a contributor to Success Magazine, Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, and a host of other leading publications. Jeff is the author of six books, including his most recent release, Closing 2.0, How to Close More Sales Faster by Putting the Customer First. His sales instructional videos are all over YouTube, and he has a new podcast with a fantastic twist. It's called The Buyer's Mind. Link to that, as well as his main website, jeffshore.com, and all his books, videos, etc., in the show notes, and you'll want to, to deeply explore this man's work. He's also a great guy, truly one of life's really terrific, terrific human beings, and I'm honored to call him my friend and one of my mentors. Welcome, Jeff. Bob Berg, it's a pleasure, and I mean that. I know I'm supposed to say that, but I really do mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. The pleasure is mine. Uh, I love the focus. Yeah. of your new podcast, The Buyer's Mind. Tell, uh, tell me about the interest in, in buying or buyer psychology. You know, I, I think it's really just in our desire. I think I, our mutual desire, uh, Bob, we've talked about this, our desire to put the customer first. Obviously, that's been a huge focus of your career and of your life's work here. But it, so often we see in a sales presentation, somebody says, I think I'll try this. I think I'll do that. And I would just back them up and ask the question, why? Why do I want to do that? Because if it's not consistent with the way that a buyer buys, then I'm not quite sure that it's really doing the trick. So my philosophy is it is the job of the salesperson to make it easy for a customer to buy. Mm. And and if we understand the psychology of a purchase decision, then we can reverse engineer the sales presentation in order to match uh, the way that that customer wants to buy. So it's really about a, a cooperative effort. But it, it it's the foundation is understanding, I guess, like most things in life. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. So what do you want us to get out of this subject? Well, well, I think that really the, the, the starting point is for all of us to stop thinking that we really understand our customer, especially uh, early on. They, uh -huh. they walk through the door, oh, I've got this guy figured out. I think most of the time we barely understand ourselves, and <laughs> let alone trying to understand the uh -huh. customer. But there's the, the context of the way that people think, the way they make decisions, it's so deep and it's so rich. And it requires us to really take that deep dive. I, I think so often for salespeople in particular, uh, we deal with what I call the shiny object syndrome, and that is that we think that our product is so cool, and it mm -hmm. very well might be, but it doesn't matter how cool your product is if it's not a good solution to whatever the customer's problem is. But because that product is so cool that I want to race forward to talking to you about how beautiful my shiny mm -hmm. object is, it, we tend to stop short of really understanding the journey that our customer is going through and uh, the, just the, the mental process that 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 sits behind their decision making. Is part of it because we see the world in a certain way ourselves? There, you know, there's something we might find that we love about this product or service that if we were the buyer, we would want. So obviously they must. Or does that not? Is that not part of it? Yeah, I think we carry biases all the time uh, about what we think of our own product and how we think it might affect us. The converse is also true. There are things that I may not like about my product, and even on a, a, a subconscious level, I'm communicating that uh, to my customer in a uh, negative uh, way. Uh. So 
I think our biases are all over the sales. And sometimes that's okay. But if you're injecting yourself at the risk of not fully understanding your customer, I think we can obviously see what trouble we could get into. Well, I love what you say, stop thinking you understand them because, mm -hmm. you know, you don't, I don't, you know, we, we don't, we can't until we, I guess, ask the right questions and listen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So what, what has surprised you? And cause I know you're a researcher, you study, you research. What is that? Are there any surprises? Oh yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, the, especially with the launch of the podcast, the, the podcast really does focus on the psychology of a purchase decision. So the people that I'm bringing on as guests on the show are psychologists and behavioral economists and top marketers. And, and uh, I, I'm getting enlightened every single uh, time I sit down with these really, really smart people. And I think that the, the continued aha for me is the understanding of how much of our decisions are made non-consciously. So uh, I was aware of the concept that, that psychologists refer to as dual process theory before I approached this on a much deeper level, but now I'm getting the layers that, that go much deeper than that. And the idea is that there is part of our brain that is always on. It's, it's that part of our brain that's working in the background. It's telling me every, every day, every moment, every day, breathe in, breathe out. You know, it's picking up all of the senses around me, but this is what psychologists refer to as system one. It's sort of the, the non-conscious thinking. It, it's, it's monitoring my space. But when we're actually doing what we commonly call thinking, that's system, tool, uh, system two, the second part of dual process theory. And what happens here is system one picks everything up. It doesn't have any filter. It also doesn't have any language. All it knows is that it's something important enough, it'll elevate it into system two. So if you're trying to if you're thinking right now about the difference between system one and system two, you're using your system two part of your brain in order to do that. But that system one is working non-consciously. It's making little decisions like, do I like this person? Mm -hmm. Or do, do I have a, a positive attraction to that idea? Or do I hate this over here? And it's not raising up raising it up into our conscious, but it doesn't make it any less real along the lines. Does that make sense, Bob? Well, it does. And so what does the salesperson do in, un in understanding this? Are there steps that we take to understand what this person doesn't even understand themselves? Or is it just something we know, but there's really not something we can do anything about? Yeah, I think it's the crux of what we get wrong in sales when it comes to closing questions. I'm I'm asking you this question, do you like this? Does this work for you? You know, and ultimately, would you like to buy it? Uh, I'm not suggesting those are bad questions, but why you are asking them is far more important than how or when. And the why has to come to the idea that I'm not asking that agreement question for me, I'm not asking them to agree with me. I'm asking them to agree with themselves because they can go along and say, I like this, I don't like this uh, on a non-conscious way. But when we ask them the question, then it causes them to raise that into their conscious mind, into their their system two of thinking. And, and then when they say, yes, I like this, it becomes much more relevant. It becomes much more memorable. And when they're trying to piece together the, all of the component parts of a sales process, it becomes a lot easier for them to do that because the decisions are being made uh, consciously rather than uh, unconsciously or non-consciously. And I'm sure you see the same thing in your work, Bob. When you, when you see somebody who really is attracted to a culture or to a service or to an experience, they may not know why at first, but mm -hmm. it doesn't make the feeling any less real. Mm -hmm. 
but there are ways to elevate that and even get them to understand why they are appreciating the experience that they're having. So what could we understand about ourselves? Because I'm thinking what you're saying right there about this person who is operating first on an on a on a non-conscious level. Obviously, we do the same things when we're buyers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what could we understand about ourselves that would make us uh, I guess better decision makers, if you will? Well, we actually have so many decisions to make on any given day, on any given time, that we can really only focus in on those things that are really going to um, stand out, right? Everything else, we rely on our non-conscious, and we rely on something called uh, heuristics. And these are mental rules of thumb that help us to make sense of the world around us. And they actually guide our behavior much of the time. So going back to like Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, the idea that in between our circumstances and our response is a choice. What is that choice based upon? And it's largely based upon our heuristics, our mental rules of thumb that we take into a situation. So just a real quick example. Two years ago, my wife and I were in Costa Rica. I went on a hike in a rainforest. It was absolutely gorgeous, just beautiful. Sat down at one point to catch my breath, just taking it all in, just the, the trees shrouded in fog. There are toucans and spider monkeys and the sound of birds. And it was mm-hmm. just this zen-like moment, mm-hmm. which was interrupted by a slithering sound about uh-huh. five feet to my immediate right, okay? Mm-hmm. And I am out of there in a hurry, right? I got up and I just couldn't leave fast enough. Well, why? Well, because my brain very quickly interpreted the slithering sound as a snake and the heuristic, the mental rule of thumb that I carry around says snakes kill. Right. And because of that heuristic, it guided my behavior to get out of there in a hurry. Well, we carry those types of rules of thumb all the time. And if we can be more aware of, uh, I mean, really, when you just look at it, I mean, if you really want to just get into the real brass tacks, I mean, that's what racism is, Bob. I mean, it it, it comes down to just a heuristic, a mental rule of thumb by which I'm going to stereotype an entire class of people. We could apply this over and over again. So if I can understand that I have these thinking errors, that I have these these uh, um, even when I look back at that snake, it may not have been a snake. You know, look, I'm not saying it was a bad decision, but maybe mm-hmm. it was worth hanging around for a second to experiment and just to live life a little fuller. I don't know. But the idea is if I can start to understand these mental shortcuts that I take, I think we would make better decisions by the time we were done. Yeah, that, well, that that so makes sense as a buyer, especially going in um, – that if you, and again, I'm just, this is just how I'm interpreting it. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But when you go into the presentation, you know, in advance that you have a tendency to feel a certain way, maybe. Yeah. And yes. that if you feel that happening, you say, Hey, wait a second. Let, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. This a, okay. Yeah. You've uncovered something really, really important here, Bob, because we make decisions emotionally. We we back them up with our logic, but we make decisions emotionally. And what will happen here is that emotion that, that residing in the limbic part of the brain, uh, the emotion has no language. It, it's how we feel, but we can't really describe it. So we make this decision on a non-conscious level, and then we come back uh, with the more advanced part of the brain, the the prefrontal cortex part of the brain, that's going to give us a dialogue to justify why we did it. Mm -hmm. 
But that decision had already been made. So if I know that I'm inclined to make an emotional decision, and we all are because we are human beings and that's just what we do, if I know that I'm inclined to make an emotional decision, then I can, can put in that warning sign up front that says, slow down, take your time. And this is why I, I counsel salespeople about, listen, if, if it's right for the salesperson, if it's right for their life situation, and you can see that happening, it's okay for them to make a quick decision if it's the right decision. But sometimes it's helpful to have that customer just slow down long enough to be able to let that emotion and that logic uh, sort of mesh together. Mm -hmm. you know? That's, that's mm -hmm. where we really do our best work. Oh, I love that. Uh, I've got to ask you this. Have there been any aha moments for you since your podcast has begun anything that's i don't know surprised you or i can't imagine it because you're such a student of sales you've been doing this for so long but then again because you're a student of sales you're always kind of going out on the edge so what what have been if any some ahas <laughs> oh boy i'll tell you what, you know I, look i've been studying sales for three decades right and mm -hmm. i'm fascinated by the way that salespeople sell but i'm far more interested in the way that buyers buy and because of that uh i am learning that i'm i feel like I'm a pilgrim on this journey. I feel like there are days when I'm just scratching the surface on all of this because we're really dealing with the inner workings of the human brain and even that science. Just look at the neurochemistry. What we know about the human brain, we really only know over the last 10, maybe 20 years at the most. Everything that we knew about the brain before that is, is essentially irrelevant. But one thing that I learned, this was just early, this is the last week, as a matter of fact, I had uh, the great Jeb Blunt on oh, the show. Just uh, fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Sales Jeb. Gravy, uh, Sales EQ. Yeah, Jeb has a new, yeah, Jeb's new book is Sales EQ. And it's I can't, incredible. I have it. I have it right here and I can't wait to read it. I, I bought it, ordered it, and I just haven't gotten it yet, gotten to it yet, but can't wait. Give yourself some time when you open up that first page because you won't put it down. Uh, I mean, I, I powered through that book and absolutely love it. Uh, of course, I mean, if if Jeb wrote the phone book, I'd read it. Yeah, me too. Smart. He is. But one of the things that he said was really great was that he he impressed upon me the idea that your customers want you to succeed. And so often we look at it and say in the sales world, it's an us versus them type of thing. And I, I have to try and bring them along and hopefully prove that I'm worth being likable. And and that's not the way that your customers want to like you. They want to love you. They want you to succeed. And, you know, it's sort of like, uh, Bob, you and I both uh, do quite a bit of keynote speaking, right? We're speaking in front of groups and and we're looking at it before we go on. We go, the nerves start to kick in and mm -hmm. the what ifs and, mm -hmm. and the doubt and everything else. And, and the reality is nobody sits down when a speaker comes out and says, boy, I sure hope I hate this guy. That's not, no, <laughs> exactly. but they want to like you. They want to right. appreciate what it is that you're doing. And, and Jeb's uh, thrust was to say, your customer feels the same way, that they want that sense of partnership, that sense of mutual purpose. And I really just just sat on that one for a while and just enjoyed it for a little bit. It was, yeah. it's really a great concept to think that your customer wants the win-win by the time you're done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff, you have your annual leadership summit coming up yes. in August. Tell us about that. Yeah, we do this every year in uh, Coronado, the San Diego area. It's specifically for what's well, specifically designed for real estate lead sales leaders, uh, sales managers, brokers, that type of thing. Uh, although we've had people from other industries who have gained so much from it, but uh, no we doubt. do this for yeah. a couple of days. It is great fun. Last year we had Brian Tracy in there. The year uh, before that we brought in Mike Didka. It was out outstanding. <laughs> uh, we, we just have a really good opportunity to meet with other sales leaders for a couple of days in a, in a wonderful, wonderful setting and to really just get down to the core of what it is that we do and how we can make an impact in the lives of 
of the salespeople that are entrusted to our care. A lot of fun. Um, and uh, if, if people are interested, they can go to jeffshore.com. It's right there on the front page. Yeah, and we'll have all that in the uh, the show notes. Fantastic. Awesome. Jeff Shore is a world-renowned speaker and author on sales and sales leadership. Again, his web uh, main website is jeffshore.com. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes to his books, videos, his annual leadership summit, and of course, his great new podcast, The Buyer's Mind. Sir Jeff, thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Main takeaway I received from Jeff is that not only must we serve the buyer, we must actually think like them in order to be able to serve them best. Are you ready to make that shift? Feel free to write to me at bob at berg.com and let me know your thoughts. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, the Go-Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit thegogiver.com and check out the new expanded edition of the book. And while you're there, check out John David Mann's and my newest book, The Go-Giver Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review. And your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.